Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I'm James. And I'm Michael. We did it. We're back. We're back. We were talking about kayaks, um, inflatable kayaks. I went out kayaking and uh, and hopefully I did. I, it actually is kind of funny because when I was kayaking, like the, you know, when the water's coming a, a reverse, like when you're going with the water, it's pretty just like, poof, you're going. It's but easy, when you're yeah. going, yeah, when you're going against the water, I was going with other and and it was kind of the first time because we mostly just kayak on on very still water. That's the, the ideal scenario, but it's very just very chill. It wasn't like a big thing, but I heard like ta-ta, ta-ta, ta-ta. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm losing air. That's what I told her. I'm like, I'm losing air. Uh, and she's like, she's like, no, that's just the water, you idiot. I was like, oh, OK. I was like, oh, she's like, I have that, too. She's like, she's like, if, if I'm losing it, she's like, if you're losing air, then I've been losing air for an hour. And I was like, OK, I'm losing air. That's what I was like. I'm here's, here's me on the lake. I'm losing air. I'm losing. I'm going down. It was great. Um, the ship is sinking. Yeah. I, I, I'm waiting for the day because it is an inflatable kayak. But, you know, we've gone out quite a few times and, and they're sturdy. We've gone through very shallow water. I'm sure if I hit a rock or a, or, a, or something, it would. But I don't know how normal kayaks. I think if you hit something with a normal kayak, that's probably trouble, too. Right. I would. I mean, if you get the plastic ones, I think that they're pretty robust. Mm, yeah. Like you a wood. We'll one. probably just get like a little scratch on the plastic. But you just got to be careful of all. Got it's it. not as big of a deal as a blow up kayak. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you yeah. say wood. I have been thinking because I, I, I've been looking into kayaks as well and trying to price them out and see them. Like they're they're surprisingly expensive, um, and that's what got us talking about your new inflatable one. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. You can just pack it in and you got this, and it's it's more reasonable price, especially if you are doing it a couple times a year as opposed to this is. Sort of, you do this every weekend. You're hardcore kayaker, which I am definitely not. But I was starting to think, what if I just built my own kayak? Mm. You know, I did my own canoe. How much harder could it be to just put a top on that sucker and and go to town? So I, I may look into finding plans and maybe build my own. I thought that would be, be that'd be cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so, question fancy is, fancy wooden kayak. Yeah. What are the material costs on that? The material cost for for the canoe that I built. Now, granted, this is going to be smaller, mm. but it also has more uh, on it. Like you're going to do the whole top half, right? Yep. So yeah. it could be, it could wash. It could be a wash between the the, the dimensions. But I, my material costs were roughly four hundred dollars. Okay, so not not terrible. Um, but the benefits of building my own canoe, at least were if you were to buy a canoe with the same specs and hull design and weights, you're looking into the thousands versus the 400 that I spent on materials. Hmm. So I would, I would imagine it'd be very similar to a kayak. You know, my canoe is 35 pounds so it doesn't weigh anything it's a two-person canoe whereas if i built my own kayak now you're looking at probably 20 pounds and versus you know those those plastic ones are 40 pounds give or take and you're looking into performance they are the more expensive they get too yeah exactly the specs that you start to look into where it's like handling and you know this is something where i would be using it i throw it in the back of the truck drive down somewhere and just you want to be able to carry it to a stream and toss it in maybe building my own 
would be you know much lighter and more versatile that way i don't know i'd have to see yeah. if there's any plans out there though because i've never built my own kayak so i have to see if that's even something that's possible yeah if anybody out there cool. has send it our way yeah <laughs> yeah send us some info <laughs> Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, let's let's get to some news now that we got our kayak news of the week done. Uh, Christina, I think literally one minute after we recorded the podcast, Nintendo decided to have a, another video showcase. Classic. Mm. Yeah, they decided basically right afterwards. Oh, Nintendo Dispatch, we said we're going to do one, so I guess we have to now. <laughs> but yeah, so there was a Nintendo Direct Mini. I'm sure everybody has heard about it by now. And it ended up being a partner showcase. And it showed mostly like third party games. And it was very short. Now the U the the Western version, the English version, showed three games. Uh, the first thing was Cadence of Hyrule. They mentioned that it was getting three DLC packs, a season pass, and a physical edition. The first DLC pack is a character pack, which is available now, and the other two DLC packs, which are called the Melody and Additional Story Content packs, are coming by the end of October. Now, if you get a season pass, which is $15, you get all three packs and a bonus Link and Zelda Link and Zelda costumes. They didn't say exactly like what they were. Uh, but the physical release will be out October 3rd for $40. So if you really want to get the physical version of Cadence of Hyrule, you will be able to. <laughs> hmm. The next game they talked about was Rogue Company, which is an online shooter by Hi-Rez Studios, and it is available now. In the eShop, there's three versions. There's the Starter Founders Pack for, oh, this is in euros, 13 euros, I guess, <laughs> or $14, $15. Uh, the Standard Founders Pack for $30 and the Ultimate Founders Pack for $60. Not really sure what the differences are, um, but cost. There's, there's different versions. Yeah, well, yeah, it's cost, but I don't know what you get. Stuff, stuff. Yeah, you just pay more. I don't more. know what exactly you get for the starter founders pack compared to the other ones. So it's probably like um, Paladins, where when you did the founders pack, you just unlocked all of the heroes. I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. exactly the like the basic similar. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then eventually this game will be free. I have to assume. Probably, yeah, yeah. Now the next announcement that seemed to be the biggest thing that people were excited about uh, was Shin Megami Tensei 3. They are going to do a remaster of that, which is going to come out in the Switch in spring 2021. And they said that they are making Shin uh, Megami Tensei 5, which they announced, I think, in 2017. And they said that it is going to be coming out the same time as 3 in 2021, too. So two games coming out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. I was just going to say, what was the... Uh, your thoughts. I know I know we didn't get all of the announcements because you're going to mention that in a sec, but I wanted to see what your thoughts were on what we saw. Any I thought interest? it was very underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. I had been following Rogue Company. I was, I'm interested in Rogue Company. We don't have something like that on Switch, so I am excited to, to play that and check it out, but I had always been following it along with the notion that it's free to play that's how they were talking about it when they first announced it and looking at it on the eShop, it does say free to play at a time later and or a date you know coming up so just like you said with paladins i'm not gonna pay the money right now when i know it's gonna be free to play and then you can either earn it or buy things in game i just wanted to try mm-hmm. it out and see how it is so for me it was the only thing of interest in what we saw and other than that extremely underwhelming I don't really know why they did it necessarily. I feel like, it, you know, the obviously Cadence of Hyrule isn't new. 
uh, and it's just mm-hmm. DLC packs. So we really only got, I mean, we three of, of four games, even though, you know, one, you know, Shin Megami Tensei is a is remasters and and five right we'll get exclusive launch like next this this next year so you're like okay like cool yeah um, so I think that sort of underwhelmed me I was reading an article on Kotaku though that really said like this is the kind of the first time since the Switch release that Nintendo's just kind of chilling like hey like you know there's so much on the Switch that you're kind of good like you know for a bit and yeah. with yeah. COVID going on like it's maybe it's okay that. We didn't get an E3 update or we haven't gotten Nintendo Directs for a while. But I feel as though putting Nintendo Mini Direct with only like three games as a partner showcase seemed a little lacking. Like, are these only the three partners that are that are that are making games for the Switch? You know, I wanted to at least see just a few more games, you know, or like I, I love their little sizzle reel that they do usually with the Nintendo Directs. Like, and here's a bunch of other stuff. So I thought mm-hmm. that would have been a nice addition and then it would have made me happier. Like give me 90 more seconds of here's just a bunch of other stuff that either just came out or is coming out. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. that would have been a nice, I think. Well, so this is where things get interesting, though, too, because apparently there was five minutes of footage that the English version didn't get that the Japanese version did get. Um, so they left out two indie games, the first one being at Ryza 2 Lost Legends of the Secret Fairy. Uh, and this is a sequel to Outlier Ryza Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout, which I've never heard of this game. Like, okay, cool. But it's still another game that they totally left out and it's getting a worldwide release. So I understand why they left it out. And then the next one is Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, which I thought this one actually looked kind of cute. It's a th- uh, 3D side-scroller platforming adventure and uh, you can do some farming in it. And that's also going to release globally on November 10th. Like, why did they leave this out? I don't I don't understand <laughs> why. Re- but, yeah. Why re- not yeah. talk about all of them if they're all getting worldwide yeah. releases? Yeah. Maybe they couldn't get the English translation done in time. I don't know. <laughs> but that's the only reason I could think of why they would just leave it out. But I think overall, though, Nintendo this year, the theme has been like they have poor management of expectations because Everybody has been saying they really want the Nintendo Direct, like that they would, you know, show at E3 every year. And they've kind of been teasing, like, yeah, there's some stuff coming. They've been saying that, you know, all of our games are on track to come out on time this year, even with the pandemic happening. So they kind of are building it up, making it seem like there's a lot of stuff coming. But then they do this and it's like the tiniest little mini Direct we've ever seen, I think. So it's just kind of like, what the heck, Nintendo? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I think Mont's hit the nail on the head by saying if they came out with this, which is fine, you want to do a partner showcase, but it's such a small yeah. partner showcase that I think it hurts them more than helps them. It's kind of mm-hmm. like an indie direct that they do, which we all, I think, agree we like, but you come out with an indie direct, hyping it up, and you show two games. You know, it's okay. Why bother? Why even bother? Just these all could have just been little Twitter posts. You didn't even Mm -hmm. need to do anything for any of this stuff. And why make a whole direct about something that really, I don't know. I think people do want more and I'm okay with Nintendo saying, you know, we're just kind of let things happen. Let it, let it settle. Let people play what you want. Mm -hmm. But trickling out these little notes and pieces like this makes me feel like nintendo doesn't have anything going on you know it's almost like well why are you giving why are you showing this 
if you have all that other stuff that you're working on, why are you giving us these such insignificant little teasers? It's not even a big, hard hitting partner showcase. I can understand if they said, you know what? We are working on our stuff. We're going to we're not worrying about us right now. Look at what all these guys are doing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Show it off. Show all, all your partners. But it was just such a strange. I don't know. It just felt like, well, I don't know. It's kind of a little worrying. Yeah. I would say, and usually, like for one of the directs, like at least one of the games, we can all say we're excited about. But I think for this one, a lot of people was, were really into uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. Like they were really excited about it. So this one just wasn't for us too. That could that could be it. But. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. And you know, see, there's even a game that we forgot about because then they talk about WWE 2K Battlegrounds oh, in the videos, yeah. and no one <laughs> oh, even, yeah, no one did. even cares. See, exactly. See, see that's and it wasn't that's very the memorable. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. And hopefully, you know, we do see some more something. I, I'm still yeah. just I don't understand what happened to what you were going to show at E3. Mm. Like, were you just not going to show anything? Showing? Yeah, I don't. Where uh-huh. did all those announcements go? Even if it's got even if it's been pushed, what were you going to talk about? Because why like Paper Mario? Least, why haven't we seen that? Why haven't we seen anything? I, I yeah. just I'm so confused by what they're yeah. showing us. And I'm kind of OK. Just if if there was, hey, you know, we were going to release this this fall, but this is now yeah. coming out next year. Right. Or or mm-hmm. something, because there are some great games mm-hmm. coming. Right. We have No More Heroes 3. We have Bravely Default uh, 2. We got Pokemon Snap. Um, we got the new Hollow Knight Silk Song, um, you know, and there's a bunch of games that were announced previously that at a lot of indie directs that are still coming, like Blue Fire and Skatebird, which I actually <laughs> kind of want for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Am Dead, you know, a bunch of things. So it'd be fascinating. But I, I think we just need to hold off and, and maybe maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get a direct one day. Well, or like games. you said, you also know. have you know what's what's the status and i don't think people are saying just give me the game and mm. I, I mean some people are but i think it's more we as nintendo fans we all like to know like what's the roadmap what are we what are we looking forward yeah, get to let's excited. get excited about stuff yeah. you know there's a new zelda at some point we know there's another metroid prime that's being worked on even if it's in early stages you can't just throw out maybe some some artwork and just say it's in production, guys. I know we're all excited. Here's where. What about Bayonetta? That thing's got to be practically done. Why hasn't that been <laughs> talked about? What about the Metroid but Prime trilogy? Metroid, There's yeah, so yeah. much stuff. But do you think that they're holding off because right now both Microsoft and Sony are pushing the next Xbox? Like Microsoft had a big Xbox. Xbox had a big reveal of Series X games this week. Um, Sony is slowly trickling out PS5. It's spaceship new spaceship design that will not fit underneath my entertainment console. Um, do you think that maybe they're just like in a wait and see pattern when they're like, hey, you know what? Like, basically, no one's going to pay attention to the switch this fall because all the money is going to go there. I mean, I think that's a mistake, but I, I, I yeah, don't know. I would say it's a mistake because I think that there's a lot of people like us that I'm not entirely convinced at the moment at launch. I'm throwing X amount of dollars, however much that is at an mm-hmm. Xbox or a PlayStation at yeah. launch. Right. I may not either have it or just not want to buy into it right away. But a $60 game for a console I already own, I would be all for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. hoping that they're waiting till like, here's the price. Here's everything. OK, we're rolling this out. And then Nintendo says, oh, well, for the holiday season, here's the trilogy for Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm. Bayonetta is going to be coming out in January. You know, like I'm waiting for them to hopefully have a big 
sort of reveal that they just are haven't done because you yeah. you would think they would want something to stay in people's minds yeah. even if they know people are going to be buying the new consoles i feel like you can't slip and just just not show anything that seems like a misstep to me to not have anything to compete with the new consoles yeah I, and, and I don't I don't know how I mean, it'll be a fascinating release because there's still not a lot of information about either of the new two consoles. So that could be I mean, it could be time for Nintendo to shine. Granted, if I assume production's back up to scale, um, it could be this this great thing. I, I wonder if they're going to they got to do a bundle for Christmas, I assume. That would be but, cool. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll always do it right. I, I am. I am curious just to see what happens this fall and we'll, we'll track it we'll keep you up to date but uh we'll see what they do yeah and i i think for all of us we come from a place where it's exciting like we yeah. want to it's not it's not a agreed like i need more games to play we have many it was, we have so many games but it's just we love a system we want to know that that's still kind of you know has had such great couple of years like let's keep that going it's been exciting yeah. Earlier this week, Nintendo released its annual report, and some of those things are, it, to me, were kind of surprising. They did give the age, average age, and salary of some of their employees. They do have almost twenty four hundred employees. The average age is thirty nine point two, which is higher than I was expecting. The average length of service is almost fourteen years, and the average annual salary is about eighty seven. 80, 85 and a half, 87,000 dollars, which is pretty, pretty good. And then maybe even more surprising is that they gave their um, Nintendo directors what they earn, and it's modest in comparison to the industry. Uh, Shintaro Furukawa makes 2.4 million, Miyamoto makes 1.8, Takahashi makes 1.24. And I know that sounds crazy to say, oh, that's that's a modest. But if you compare that to the CEO of Activision or in the CEO of EA, who both recorded 30 million, according to last year's report. So for the 2.4 for Furukawa compared to 30 million, it would is definitely modest uh, yeah, and, numbers. And, and that's to combining just their normal salary and the bonuses, which and their bonuses, bonuses are, yeah. are, are like double sometimes <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that is 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 really great to see because i don't know maybe it's cultural right because uh the the length of years 14 years that's a lot of years and but you know usually a, a lot of japanese culture is you 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 go to work for a company you stay at that company for a very very long time or your whole life mm -hmm. um and then yeah I, maybe it's just sort of the wages are hey if we pay ourselves you know closer to what we pay our employees it's a little bit more fair of a scale whereas you have a lot of um you know, engineers and graphic designers and gameplay designers that make a lot less like at, sure. at Epic. And then like, oh, this person's bringing home, we're doing the work, right? It's always yeah. this, 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 this struggle. Um, and I also don't know the cost of living because remember Nintendo's headquarters are in Kyoto. They're not like in Tokyo, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that yeah. it's further outside. It is still a large city, 1.5 million. Um, but when you uh, com compare that to Tokyo, um, that's going to be a city of 14 million. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, 10 times the size or whatever. So there could be the cost of living a little bit cheaper too um, there for wage. But I also don't know comparatively what um, what the cost of living is in, in, in parts of Japan and salaries versus the U.S. But um, 
I would be really interested to see. So they do compare the CEOs to Nintendo and you know Activision. I would like to see the average salary of the employees for those other companies as well. And my guess would be That'd it's be much lower than $86,000. Mm, I would say good. that that is a huge con- contribution where if you're saying, you know, Furukawa himself is making 2.4 versus 30 million, that money is going somewhere. It's going back into Nintendo. It's going back into maybe a higher salary for all employees. The average salary is 86. That's pretty high for an average salary of 2,400 yeah. employees. I highly, highly doubt Activision and EA have an average salary as high as that. But who knows? I don't I don't have those numbers in front of me, but it would be really interesting to see if that is part of a contribution where they're saying, you know what, well, we're going to take less so all of us benefit and the company as a as a whole is happier. I'd also like to see the average length of years versus Nintendo and these other companies are doing. If they're paid more and they're happy and they're doing creative work, of course they're going to stay and it makes sense. Now, in addition to that, we just talked about sort of the production, the shipping and all of those things and how Nintendo just themselves, I think was a couple of weeks ago, said that as of right now, everything's on schedule. Well, in this annual report, they did say production may slip a little bit. They go on to say, in terms of production and shipping, product supply may be impacted if issues involving the procurement of necessary components persists, which makes sense. In terms of sales, sales channels may be restricted by measures to prevent the spread of the virus, including restrictions on movement outside the home and closures of retail stores. And then here's where we were talking about development schedules. Development schedules may be impacted due to the difference in development environment between working from home and in the office since teleworking is implemented at the company and its partners. As a result, we may not be able to proceed with the release of Nintendo products and the start of services as planned. I don't think any of that's a real surprise. We would assume due to the pandemic, we're going to start to see issues coming up. They may have had a huge runway, but as this thing drags out, as you know, here in the States and elsewhere, the numbers continue to go up. um, I think we probably will see some sort of delays happening. I would not be surprised in the slightest. Yeah. So I, I looked it up really quick, what the Activision salaries are, just mm-hmm. to get an idea. It seems like the lowest is for QA testers, which is anywhere from twenty three to 25000 a year. But it goes all the way up to 150000 a year for a senior manager. It it's, seems to be around average, probably in between seventy and 80000 a year. Well, maybe that's standard. That's then. my guess. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. But it doesn't seem like it's as you know, super low or anything. So my thinking would be they have a lot more people, so it would drive yeah, their maybe. average down. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, I don't I, I don't see a number on how many employees they have, but uh this is the salaries I'm looking at is based on five hundred and ninety one people saying what their salary is on Glassdoor. So Oh gotcha. <clears throat> yeah. So who knows? So we got uh, Japanese chart figures from from Mitsu. They are in for the 13th to the 19th 19th of July, and it seems like Paper Mario lost out on on first place to Ghost of Tsushima. Which I don't know if you guys have seen any playthroughs of Ghost of, Tsush- of Tsushima, but it's a beautiful game. Uh, it's a PlayStation Four exclusive, so I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it, sorry, Paper Mario, <laughs> Origami King made its debut in second place, surpassing 100,000 sales. Animal Crossing New Horizons has jumped to third place with Ring Fit Adventure following in fourth. 
Um, so I also found uh, a chart comparing the sales of Paper Mario to previous game launches. And this data does not include any of the digital sales. But it's interesting to see. So apparently the Switch version, so Paper Mario Origami King, is fifth on the list. And it looks like uh, the Wii Super Paper Mario has the highest first week sales. And then the highest lifetime sales was the 3DS Paper Mario Sticker Star. Obviously, we don't have lifetime sales yet for (laughs) Paper Mario Origami King. But it's just interesting to see the numbers and how, you know, they aren't doing as well as the other games in their first week. Hmm. I still need to buy it. It looks so good, though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm still going to pick it up for sure. Now, with that, we get on to game news, and we have a couple little announcements. We mentioned Mineral Town and Rune Factory, I think, last week or the week before. And Exceed Games announced that the story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town, has become the company's fastest-selling title to reach 100,000 units on a single platform in North America. And they did it on the Nintendo Switch. It's awesome that it's doing so well on the Switch. I think that's just goes to show you more games need to be on there they did also mention that rune factory 4 special on the switch reached the 100,000 unit sales milestone in less than five months in north america so exceed is super happy with everything that's going on in the uh the old nintendo switch world now this story is kind of funny uh apparently taiwanese taiwanese police tracked down the owner of a lost nintendo switch using of all things, Animal Crossing. <laughs> so it seems it, it, there was a, a Nintendo Switch that was found in an ATM and the person brought it to the police station and they didn't have any information on the owner, like on the Switch or anything like that. But one of the cops thought, oh, they have Animal Crossing. Let's just use Animal Crossing. So what they did is they contacted friends, their Animal Crossing friends on the Switch by sending them messages through like the Dodo post box. And they read, hello, this is the police station at yada yada. Uh, This switch has been parted from its owner and was turned in. We do not have other means to contact the owner. So please help us and reach out on your behalf so they can recover it. (laughs) And I guess it worked (laughs) because the switch was reunited with its owner. So uh, just thought it was kind of funny that I can't imagine being the friend of someone like Michael, if your switch got lost or something and I randomly got a letter from the police. (laughs) I would yeah, think it was just crazy. a bug or spam or something. I probably wouldn't even reply to it. <laughs> yeah, right. But something's yeah. going on in the game. Right, right. So I thought it was kind of cool that it actually worked, but creative. That's thinking. very cool that it worked. Yeah. 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 We had been playing Mario Kart, and back when we first started it, we thought how weird it was that this was set in sort of a vertical um play style you know one hand it was the big marketing for it well in an update coming out july 21st we are now finally getting landscape mode so it'll have a new control layout and now you're going to see more of the track i think it's going to feel more natural it's going to feel more like the mario kart that we know and that we're used to so i think it's a good thing right i don't know people still playing mario kart tour i'm not even sure sure yeah, sure, sure. Now I am. Now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. now I got now I got landscape. I'm in. I want my full exper- immersive Mario Kart experience. I'll probably fire it up to check it out. I'll be interested to see if the game is set up in landscape, though, right? Is mm. just the race gonna be in late? So now you're holding it vertical, then you have to turn it to uh, play in landscape mode for the race, and then you turn it back to do all, or do you think they redrew all of the interface? It'd be interesting to see. So I'll probably check it out and uh and then We'll see. I'll, I'll install it again. Why not? I think that it's 
give it a try. It's been a while. It's always fun to revisit these mobile games later on. Like I said, I revisited um, Super Mario Run recently and just, you know, there's there's new stuff, you know, and just, yeah, they're still supporting it. So they're good to go. Talking about new stuff that you can buy because uh, I like to buy stuff. So that's what Michael and Christina gave me. The, ga- the goodies section. <laughs> the goodies section. Uh, if you're a fan of Niantic games such as Pokemon Go, you can now buy Niantic merch. Woo! This Ooh. literally looks like a they went to CODIS, which is a big swag distributor uh, for companies. And they're like, please go make swag for us because they have all the things, all the normal things. They have the water bottles. The hats, the pop caps, the battery chargers, the socks, the pins, the shirts. So they have a fa- they have not a face mask, but that's a bandana. Anyways, yeah, you can go buy that stuff. Free free shipping on orders over fifty dollars. You can get the bandana. How much is that? I don't know. It's not available yet. Let's see how much other stuff is. I'm excited for this. Actually, I would maybe the bandana is cool. I actually like their baseball hat quite a lot. That's mm-hmm. not available yet. Um, I do like socks. Stuff actually, looks really nice. Like yeah, some companies, nice. they make merch and it's just like kind of cheesy and like okay, whatever. But these are actually nicely designed. Like their shirts, they have a cool active cooling towel. That sounds cool. That's twenty dollars. Just says Niantic. So I mean, you have to like Niantic though. I guess I would rather get yeah. Pokemon Go stuff. But I do like their. They have a cool shirt. It's like a, um, it's their Journey shirt. It's really. Or not the journey shirt. It's the other one. It has like this cool. It's not out yet. Of course, it's not out yet. Dang you. Summer tea. It's cool. It says like meet you out there. Niantic. And it's sort of in a, you know, 60s boardwalk style font. Hmm. You guys are graphics designers. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's like, cool. You know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Anyways, more stuff that you can buy because why not? Who doesn't need a brand new game controller? Uh, I may because my, you know. Like I said previously, my pro controller, the the clicking on the left to like run fast in most games doesn't really work super well. It keeps like disengaging all the time. Hmm. And now I could get a brand new Animal Crossing New Horizons inspired wireless controller. That's right. I can play with Tom Nook basically as my controller. These are pretty cool designed uh, Animal Crossing theme. There's three different ones, a Tom Nook one a blue one and then a green one and they're wireless. They're going to be um, 40 bucks or you can buy all three sky blue and green for $107 and 99 cents, which is cool. Now these aren't the first animal crossing themed controllers. These are more oddly interestingly shaped, but also power a uh, fans of the show have animal crossing branded ones. They're a little bit more animal crossing in your face though. Like there's, you know, KK's, like on it and then the mm. animal crossing logo yeah. is on it uh so if you want those cool uh, <laughs> but yeah they're they're a little bit they're a little bit more in your face these are a little bit more kid family friendly looking controllers from a company called stoga which i never heard of stoga when you go to the stoga website you can buy um a lot of animal crossing stuff they have Animal Crossing plush pillow sleep eye mask for men and women, which are all Tom Nook. There's like Tom Nook heads, Tom Nook sleep masks. This is amazing. Wow. Um, have they have animal, animal Crossing. They have a lot of Animal Crossing stuff, which is crazy. So I have to imagine that they're, oh, they actually have Tom Nook Joy-Cons that are coming in August. Detachable ones. Wow. Mm. I mean, they have to be officially nice. licensed to get this stuff or else Nintendo would, sh- they would shut this down. Sure. That yeah. is for sure. But these Tom Nook um, plushies, who doesn't want to wake up next to Tom Nook every morning? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think Amazing. that the Animal Crossing 
pro controllers that they have are, are really nicely done. You know, like you said, subtle, but mm-hmm. cute. If that's your thing, if you're really into the Animal Crossing, or if you pick up maybe the special one for the uh, kiddos this holiday season, this would be a cool compliment to that. But I think they're cool. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. In for two. In for no, two. I <laughs> well, I mean, maybe no. Nah, should I? No. Buy all three. <laughs> no, not doing it. Not doing oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I do like that they do have the Joy-Con controllers in the mint green and the or like the mint blue and the light green because we haven't been able to get our hands on the official ones. Yeah. So it's kind of, it, I mean, it's tempting, <laughs> especially since my Joy-Cons are not doing so hot. But yeah, that, that's cool. I like them. Mm-hmm. So that does it for the news and the goodies this week. Now we're moving into the top 10 bestsellers. In first place, we still have Paper Mario, the Origami King. Second place is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Third, Minecraft. Fourth, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. Fifth, Mario Kart Deluxe. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. <laughs> Sixth is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Seventh, Minecraft Dungeons. Eighth, Overcooked 2. Ninth, Clubhouse Games, 51 Worldwide Classics. And tenth, Spyro Reig- Reignited Trilogy, which is actually 50% off at the moment. So not a whole lot of new things in the top 10 this week. But we do have one new game in the top 30. In 25th, we have Carrion. Or Carrion. Carrion. And we Car- talk, yeah, we talked about it last week. It's Carrion. How to say it, but mm-hmm. Carrion. Carrion. Okay. Carrion. <laughs> yeah, Carrion. one of our listeners, Eric, uh, tweeted us after, and he said that it's Carrion, rhymes with Marion, uh, and it actually means dead meat, as in literally rotten flesh. They said that the only way ah. I know this is because I read a book called Carrion Comfort years ago and had to look it up. Oh, so thank you, Eric, for filling us in on how to say that and the definition, because we did discuss, you know, what where the name came from. So there you go. It means dead meat, which makes total sense for the game. Did any of you pick it up by any chance? I saw I saw an article. I didn't include it in the notes this week, but it was talking talking about the image that shows up in your home screen for the game. It's very phallic. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it's uh-huh. yeah, it looks like something. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think the article title was the the image for Carrion was a decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fascinating that that got passed. Uh, you yeah, know. like how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. Snuck that. Look in it up there, if huh? people are interested. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, that gets us to new releases we're into this week, and Mots is kicking it off. Yeah, I, I decided to check this one that's coming out on July 29th. This is a game from 2014 by The Working Parts. It's called They Breathe. This is the remastered version of it, though. It's four bucks, um, which I thought was pretty decent, even though it's $2 on Steam. But, you know, um, you know, we got to pay that switch tax. And I think $4, I, I'm fine, whatever. But it's a, uh, I mean, it's not, this, this game's graphics aren't going to blow you away. But the whole thing is you play this frog and you are, on this journey to the depths of this forest that's filled with water. And the whole idea of it is it's very short. Like in the title, it says a short journey, uh, but it's like, as you swim deeper, you are learning about kind of the weird the creatures that are living there. Like what the, the resources that they're like going for, like, you know, there's like your, your frog friends are like dead, the floating, but then like some of these creatures, like, their heads are the fraud. I know it's very odd and weird. And there's a lot of kind of famous streamers that 
uh, and it won the, you know, that quoted like, you know, Markiplier and a bunch of other people that were like, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, some people say it's super creepy and like super scary and just like the atmosphere is quirky and odd. Uh, so it's a game that, you know, intrigues me. They said it's only 30 minutes, 30 minutes long. And I like that. I'm a big fan of short games. Mm-hmm. Now that, that is a, uh, ratio of $1 per, per eight minutes. So that's a pretty good, um, you know, pretty decent, <laughs> decent, uh, <laughs> decent. I would say maybe I'll just buy the steam version for two bucks. Uh, yeah, there you go. I feel like that's a, a better. Mm. Then I got to install Steam again. Oh, I just I'll just install it on Switch. But uh, it looks looks fascinating. I don't know. It looks creepy and weird. There's a there's a new uh, local mode um, in it too. They this developer also made the uh, PewDiePie game that Christina loves. So PewDiePie. there you go. So the next one I checked is coming out July 30th. It's kingdom rush now we talked about kingdom rush games a little while back they're tower defense games pretty good they're on mobile i did give this a check because i want to add it to the wish list and i'm waiting for it to go it is on sale from ten dollars it's currently seven dollars but in my mind that is still too much because i think you can get it on mobile for a couple bucks and in fact i already have it on mobile so i'm i would like to play this on switch i'd like to see how they did it whether you know how how are the controls how's the touchscreen working and all that stuff but i just don't want to pay the the nintendo tax i just do not feel like that yeah. is worth it for this game it is a fantastic tower defense game it's got some really fun lovable like animated cartoony style and it, it, it's very very complicated and challenging actually i've gotten i've played for hours of it and the level i'm at now is just it's it's very very difficult you do get to like like a lot of these tower defense games you can pick out which you know tower you want to use and you can upgrade that and you can you know go through there and you level up all of your different stuff and there's a bunch of heroes that you can have and each hero has their own special abilities and they are saying that there's hours and hours of gameplay with 70 hours of achievement or 70 achievements that you can get from this game and i like that kind of stuff i feel like it's a fun game that you can just pick up and play and don't really have to commit a lot of time to it you know especially if you have games like a lot of us have been playing with bioshock and witcher and things that are just hours and hours and hours of story driven gameplay it's nice having games like this that you can play for one or two rounds and then you just put it back aside you don't feel like you're missing out on anything it is very very good it's just i'm not sold on the fact that it's seven dollars on sale i think i will check it when it drops to like that 75 percent off sale then i'll i'll grab it for the switch mm. i'm fascinated though because obviously you know on on steam you can buy the game too and it's ten dollars mm-hmm. and i'm curious if just this just means there's no in-app purchases because obviously mm, on mobile be. there's a bunch of shenanigans that they usually pack in yeah so i will say i bought it on mobile and never spent another dime and really enjoy it on mobile Mm -hmm. so there may be other purchases that this gets you and then once you buy your you've got them all it doesn't specify that on the uh on the game page which is kind of odd you think they would say oh by the way you you get this this and this but um maybe it's the heroes you know stuff like that maybe those Mm. heroes you get to get more of them than you would in the game if you just played it on mobile as normal but yeah i i still think even for a couple dollars it's still a fun pick up and play game but my my if you're a hardcore 
game and you put tons of hours into this, maybe there's just more that makes that purchase worth it. But as somebody that's played these games very casually, I, I just can't see a reason. Yeah. 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 The next one I checked is Merchant of the Skies. It's $15. And the, this one stood out to me primarily because the idea of it is similar to another game that I enjoyed called Moonlighter. And what you do in this is you are running a merchant shop and it's in the skies. Obviously, it's basically like a hot air balloon. You're flying this Zeppelin around and you go to these bases and you pick up stuff and you're a trader and you have to figure out the best routes. And it's it's a strategy game. You know, there's some RPG elements in there. Uh, they do have the fact they say that there is like I think it said six to eight hours worth of gameplay in this of the main campaign. And they explain it as a bit of an experiment, which makes me a little nervous. I will say that when you're saying it's an experiment that I don't know how I feel about that, but it does have a cute art style. It does seem to be interesting. I like when you have these management type games with the rpg elements in there so i was thinking it deserves a check i'm going to keep an eye on it again when it goes on sale i would pick this up i like this idea of an rpg where you're not necessarily the hero going out doing the battling you're more of like a a backup or a help role and you're more or less supplying stuff and i think that this one sounds cool in the fact that you're just running a trade company and it's about building a business like that it looked really cutesy art style sort of pixel more pixelated um embossed or deep yeah i guess embossed not debossed but kind of Mm -hmm. like an embossed uh old school kind of remind me of those games that uh those uh management games that christina and i like the ones that are like the ones that were mobile and they just kind of put them on switch and they're exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah. very short yeah (laughs) Yeah. the the art style reminded me a lot of forager which i played Mm. a lot of a little bit back and Mm -hmm. especially where there's an image of i don't know if it's somebody you meet in the game or whatever but it's like a carrot with a smiley face on it and (laughs) that is exactly something you would see yeah, like in Forager, that same exact look and art style. So if you've played Forager and you like that art style, this this is very similar to that. It has a, a kind of the tonal range and, and look of it does feel similar. Nice, nice. Yeah, we'll have to see if we get a code for that one. That'd be kind of cool. The last one that we both checked, Michael, on the 31st, last day of the month, Lost Wing, just a single wing, not two wings, just one mm-hmm. wing is lost. Um, this is a super fast uh, vertical side scroller 3D, you know, space shooter game. We like that. But anyways, it's super fast. It has like a really unique electronic soundtrack. I liked it uh, via the trailer because it's like high speed. It's on, you know, a, a vertical track where you're just going fast, dodging enemies, racking up high scores. Lots of ships, lots of playthrough. Looks pretty cool, and it's uh, seven bucks, eight bucks um, by two awesome studio. I thought it looked pretty decent. I'm a big fan of flying games where you have to rack up a bunch of points. So um, yeah, that's why I picked it. But I like how you have to dodge what looks like um, um, dishwashers. That's what. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, it's kind of this futuristic big uh mechanism you know mech type of game it looks really good i don't know looks, looks it good. reminded me a lot of playing wipeout if anybody's ever played mm-hmm. those on playstation it was a mm-hmm. very very similar racing sort of futuristic racing game where you're flying this little hover 
like ship basically it it looked a lot like that and i like the had had the same sort of electronic soundtrack and all that kind of stuff so i'm i'm excited to play this again i i thought it looked pretty cool it's got those leaderboards that we love and i think it would be it could be a fun one to to play and see if we can keep you know trying to get the high score and see where we stack up on the world uh i i was curious after i saw this if if you've jumped back into that other game that we were playing a lot of super I don't know what it was. Super uh, Destro. D- Destro not or something like that. No, I should and check the highest. I want to see where our scores are, how far <laughs> okay. we've fallen. I know we made it to the first page and we were like, that's yeah. it. We're good. We're good. And then uh, I'm sure it's way off now, but it would be interesting yeah. to see with this one, you know, if we can if we can stack up against the best. We'll uh, we'll report back next week. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I will say it is available on Steam, but it's it's coming out the same day. It's leaving beta and early access and it's the same price there's no switch tax on this one so that's cool i like that yeah Yeah. well that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show what you're playing and i will just kick it off because i'm playing the same thing i've been playing for the last 14 months and that is witcher 3 uh we (laughs) i i did get to a big moment in the game i don't want to spoil it for anybody but it does i'm i am now officially two-thirds through the main campaign i finished act two which was this giant battle which was a wonderful uh it was really cool because all of the choices and things you do throughout the game kind of can impact how easy or hard this battle is i believe anyway and you you ask people that you've met and helped along the way to come back and help you in this battle and based on what you did they will either say yes or no and they will join you and that kind of helps um it's pretty cool. It was a it was a pretty cool like multi um, step battle, and you're changing characters and who you're controlling, and it was it was awesome. And the, the, there was some some laughter, there were some tears, and uh, it was it's a tale as old as time. To be honest with you, it's, it was a wonderful story. So I'm excited to see where chapter or act three goes, and I can finally. I'm I'm like almost right there where I'm a high enough level I can start doing all of the DLC stuff that's uh. sprinkled in throughout the game. Ooh. Because a lot of people say that DLC is some of the the DLC in this game is better than most games is wow. what I keep hearing. Wow. So wow. I'm very yes. excited to see get into the DLC storylines and get the gear that I get from those as I work my way towards the ultimate battle at the end. Man, I just imagine if you're a reviewer for this game, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. we review games, but I mean, y- y- your life for a whole, y- a whole week, you just have to be playing this game nonstop. Eight hours. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't understand how these people do it. Like they, it, it, when I play a game like this and I'm, and again, I'm playing at a casual pace that I just enjoy, uh, but I still play it a lot. I mean, I've got probably 150 hours into it Oof. and I, I cannot imagine the people that review games, you know, for a living as their income and they have to have it. Maybe they got their their copy of it a week before it comes out. I don't even know how you would do it. I honestly, you have to speed run this stuff. Like, how do you review something? It's it's amazing to me that somebody could of a game of this size could be able to review it. Yeah. Or even the people that put together the game guides, like the online game guides. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The amount of hours they have to put into that. Jeez. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I'll go next because I know, Mats, you have a lot. (laughs) But I 
finally got to see my family this past week for the first time since Christmas. And like I said last week, I got overcooked too, and I did play it with my sister. Um, we jumped into it. <laughs> we like jumped right into the deep end. We tried to play the arcade mode, and neither of us had played before. So we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. So I didn't realize that the story of the game was actually two-player. Like the whole thing is a two-player game. So we actually did some of the story, but it's challenging. So like the first two puzzles are are you get the hang of. You're like, okay, but then they throw something at you that really like messes with you and you have to completely relearn how to do everything again. So because of that, I, I'm tempted to get first overcooked just to play that with her next time and see how different it is because some of the things in overcooked too that they do to you are mean (laughs) but we did enjoy it yeah we did enjoy it we only got to play for about an hour because the visit was constantly busy but um i enjoyed it it was Hmm. good so you're still you're still talking you're still friends yeah yeah i mean we always bicker that's just our relationship so it was nothing different for us but how like we had a strategy we bickered and argued the first time we would do a level and then we would redo it after we figured out what we can't do gotcha (laughs) so we had a strategy (laughs) nice yeah nice yeah i I still don't think that we could we could do overcooked in this household i think that it would be we did do it and then we we quickly turned it off after a, a few Round. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't good, huh? No. The the time. The, the problem with overcooked that I have was the time crunch, and maybe they solved this in overcooked too. I assume not. But no. to me, it was there you wasn't three enough. minutes, and that's it. Yeah, it was. It's yeah. too quick, and then the, the levels go from like easy, and then the next level is like the most ridiculous, crazy level ever. And you're <laughs> exactly, like, exactly, okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Too much. That's I, what I happened need, to us. You know, I need a cooking mama. You know what I mean? Remember those yeah. games? Yeah, just cooking mama. More relaxed. <laughs> more relaxed. Diner Dash. You ever played Diner Dash? That's my, that my jam. I used to play that on my phone all the time. Diner Dash. When the it would get down to like the 25 second countdown. And in our minds, it's a 10 second countdown, not 25 seconds. So it'd be like beeping and beeping. We'd be like, no, 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 we have to cook the rice. Oh, no, the whole place is on fire. Where's the fire extinguisher? We'd be like freaking out in the last 25 seconds. And my mom is in the corner laughing her butt off because she's like, what are you guys even doing? <laughs> but it was it was good. <laughs> she's like, How about you get in the co- kitchen and cook real dinner for us tonight? Well, I mean, we cooked the whole time we were there. So it, oh, there it you go. Fine. So you should have been practicing. You, yeah. you were ready yeah. for this you've been training uh, i don't know we didn't have a time crunch when we were in the actual kitchen no that's true. <laughs> your mom next time should have a, a stopwatch <laughs> she'll be, be in the like, corner i want a cheeseburger <laughs> now at 25 seconds she'll go beep yeah beep, beep. <laughs> yeah it's not realistic if you're me if you're cooking and boiling water it's gonna take a lot longer than 10 seconds i'm just yeah, saying exactly. I, want the, I want the realistic yeah. version of over <laughs> <laughs> somebody comes in they're there for like an hour and a half <laughs> that'd be great Mats really just wants to be an ultimate chef what is yeah, it yeah. master chef yeah master that's chef yeah. yeah i mean at least then uh, you get like an hour <laughs> uh, that'd be great i mean uh all right i played a bunch of games i did uh, hop back into a tiny bit of animal crossing to do a little swimming that was good and then i you know didn't play again i was sold turnips <laughs> for a loss yesterday I, I do need to go back and play because I, I, you know, right when I sort of stopped playing, when everyone sort of stopped playing, I just unlocked, you know, KK Slider. That was sort of the. Yeah, you just got the, there. I just got there. But that's also sort of like you did it. Uh, so I got to go back and I got to terraform some stuff and do some stuff. I just need some time to play. But 
I've been sort of intrigued by some other games. So a few weeks ago, I did pick up Duke Nukem 3D World Tour, uh, and I went to go play this uh, the other night. And I played through the first few levels, and I started to get a, a terrible headache. Um, Uh-oh. I, I couldn't play it. I felt dizzy. Uh, I felt nauseous playing, and, and I got a killer headache from it. And uh, I don't know if it has to do with like the frame rate, the the, the graphics, the, the 3D environment that you're in. But I was only maybe playing for 15, 20 minutes and I had to stop. Wow. I had to stop. I just couldn't do it. I, I'm going to try to play portable, see if that does something different for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I just couldn't do it. So if there's any listeners that that also bought the game that are feeling that, let me know. Maybe there's some setting I can change that you know makes it not as smooth or something, but yeah, I was, I was feeling not, not dodgy hot. So I, I stopped playing immediately. Uh, but then uh, this week, um, I, I remember that, that Michael said that he really wanted to buy crisis remastered since it was coming on the switch. And I saw that digital foundry did one of their classic breakdown, uh, reviews side by side of crisis versus the other, games in the series this is a game that i never played because i never had a pc that could uh could handle crisis. it <laughs> could never run crisis I, and i don't even know if my current computer could run crisis <laughs> it still um, might not have one 13 years later probably still not uh, at least mm-hmm. not a full spec i could guarantee that uh and i remember always wanting to play this game um uh, forever and you know and it had come out on you know xbox 360 and, and X, you know playstation 3 and i own those consoles and i could have got it then but I just never did. Um, and and now seemed like a decent time with the remastering of it. And it was really fun to watch the I'm actually glad I didn't buy it on the Xbox 360 back in the day because they uh, Digital Foundry did this great breakdown. It's maybe 20, 30 minutes or so of Crisis versus the Xbox 360 version and the PlayStation 3 version and the and also the the newer remasters and the original on full spec and what was lost what was gained frame rates all this stuff did it hold up and basically they're like this game's amazing they're like they they did a bang up job all the they 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 talked about where the compromises were made like underwater there's like less foliage basically uh the but they're like you know in fact it's an improvement over the xbox 360 and the playstation uh versions because there's more better lighting effects the the um there's a lot more foliage like in on the ground like basically there'd be no grass but now now there's grass everywhere there's more trees they redid some of the environments so it could be handled on this remastered version uh the cool thing about crisis is that everything was destructible that was the big thing is it's kind of revolutionary at the time is normally in games uh, you'd be playing and people are shooting at you and you duck behind something and you're safe. Well, not in crisis because everything is destructible, like everything like, oh, there's a there's a, you know, a pan on the ground. Like you shoot in like, you know, you know, whatever would happen in real life is the idea. Mm-hmm. And they even talked about that is is that even the explosions and all the stuff you like blow up a house, it blows up to a billion bits, uh, which is cool. And they talked about some where the frame rate would drop here and there. They said overall, though, the frame rate drop is is very um, not very prevalent necessarily. Hmm, that's great. Uh, yeah. The, and and the biggest issue would be if you're in a super crazy 
a heavy area in which if you were on a PC, you would see slow down as well. Um, that, that, that that's where you'd see it here. And so far I played for two hours last night. Uh, I did stream it on our Twitch so you can go and watch it. The game looks spectacular. It's very, very good. It doesn't look muddy, uh, as muddy as other games that we have played, uh, have looked, um, the digital foundry team, they said that they prefer to play it, do- uh, up, uh, portable, not docked just because they think that the, the, it looks even richer in detail. And I will say, uh, I have two different monitors. I have one that's more of a 2k richer colors. Uh, and then I'll also have like a 1080p Asus monitor. That's a little bit more for business. So the colors aren't as rich. And I was looking at the feed on my main computer and I was super impressed. I was like, wow, like this on the main monitor is like, it mm. looks really rich. Um, and the darks are really dark and vibrant. And the colors are really good. Um, I mean, it's not going to be, you know, like the new Halo Infinity or whatever the crisis game would be on full spec. But overall, I was really impressed with it. The game is pretty fun. It, it's a first person shooter. If you didn't know, it takes place. Um, you're, you're, it takes place in North Korea and, um, you're like this military group and you have these cool nano suits that aren't explained at all, but it allows you to cloak yourself, get like shield and run really super crazy fast and, um, have some different strength abilities, but you land here and you're trying to be like, it's a rescue mission. And then all of a sudden there's this crazy like ship object thing like something out of the matrix almost that swoops in and like grabs like some of your players and apparently it's this alien race that you're kind of like unraveling um there so it's kind of crazy um and so far about two hours in it is about 10 to 15 hours of gameplay i am told so far i'm really impressed i thought it looked great you you should go check out the stream last night if you want to take a look at some pure uh pure gameplay it's it's locked at 30 fps I think it's very good. And this game, this game is based off of the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 uh, adopt, adaption, not the original Crisis. This Crisis remastered. Uh, however, they, you know, like I said, Digital Foundry, they said it's improved. There were a few hiccups, which I hope that they fix. And Digital Foundry reported, and I can confirm, uh, uh, one, it's a bad one, which is when you have the sniper rifle and you go to look into the scope, it slows down to like five FPS for oh, about wow. a few seconds and then goes. Hmm. Uh, Digital, uh, Digital Foundry confirmed with Crytek that this is a bug, that this is this is a, uh, that will be fixed in a patch. They said it's not it's not a technical limitation or anything like that, but they will, they will patch it. So I hope there is a patch soon. I, I have noticed it. I'm not often in the sniper rifle, but when I am, it is uh, a little annoying. But besides that, the game's super good. So if you were like, you know what? Uh, I've never played Crisis. 30 bucks. Uh, give give them your money. I, I say it's worth it. That's awesome. Sure. It's, yeah. it's so great that that's this, the ports that they're putting on this thing are still amazing to me that yeah. they're able to get what they're able to get out of it. Um, that's great. That's good news. And that does it. Uh, until next week, follow us everywhere on the internet, nintendodispatch.com, switch.tv slash Nintendo Dispatcher at Dispatch Podcast on the Twitters. I think that's going to do it for uh, this week's Dispatch. So until next time, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.